Welcome to Diving Into Writing with me, Lucinda Pebre and Marielle Smith. Join us as we dive beyond the surface of our writing practice. Hey Lou. So today we're talking about being weird. Yes. I think everyone feels like they're weird, don't they? <laughs> well, no. I know from experience that some people think they're absolutely normal. But <laughs> okay. I would say that that is weird. Um, but yeah, I think especially writers, like growing up wanting to be a writer, I think that immediately makes you stand out a little bit. Or even if you're not expressive about this wish you just know that mm, this is not the kind of career that's um that people think about or should be thinking about you know when they grow up and like what do you want to become and then it's it's not the most accepted choice of career i think even though i think a lot of people want to be it there's also this idea that you're like going to be penniless and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think you have to be a little bit weird maybe to be a writer. Well, I've always thought I was a bit weird. Oh, yeah, I've always thought I was plenty of weird. I think people around me made it very obvious that I was weird. Sometimes it's just being yourself, though, isn't it? And not putting on... I don't know, conforming to stereotypes almost. Yeah, it's like, you know, from when you were when you when you're little, you learn to put on these little masks mm. to just, you know, pretend that some things aren't your thing, even though they're very much your thing. Um and the other way around. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the thing is, I think we're all kind of unique, mm. but our world doesn't necessarily lend itself for that, right? Because we love boxes. So I think, and I think parents, maybe now less, I think these days, depending on the parents, but I think these days parents might be a bit more disappointed when their children are like very normal and want very normal things and have very normal hobbies, yeah. But I think back in the day, it was like, you do, if, if, if your child was different in any sense, you're just like, oh, you're going to have such a hard life, like growing up. And that, that means like, it could be different as in they're gay or right. That's, I think for a lot of parents, it's not so much they don't accept that their kid is gay. I think it's more about they fear that that means it's going to be a hard life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think if you have a child who says, you know, from a young age onwards, I want to be a painter. That is not a recipe for success necessarily. It, yeah, and potentially a hard life. Yeah, so I think, like, I, rem I used to say I want to be a writer until my mother explained to me that that's not a valid dream yes. because it doesn't bring home the proverbial bacon yeah and all writers suffer yes there is that perception as well yeah. yeah so that made me feel like kind of weird for wanting it because it felt kind of masochistic like yeah. why do I want 
thing that everybody knows is not. Yeah, without looking at the different ways of achieving that, because there isn't one way of doing anything, is there? It- of course, yeah, but, but that has also changed, right? Like when I was young, the only way was traditional publishing. Yeah. Maybe not the only, only way. I'm sure people did like write their book and then print thousands of copies and have them like in their garage and then try to sell them. And I think some people might have had success with that. But these days, of course, with print on demand and stuff, there's a bit less upfront investment if you want to publish a book. Yes, there are other ways of doing it. Yeah, so of course, when I grew up, it was very much, and it's also a common, like it's a common discourse in the Netherlands that writers suffer. And I've read autobiographical works by my favorite Dutch authors, which very much showed how much they suffered. Um, So, yeah. And I'm not, I mean, writing is hard. Like, I'm not saying it's not hard. Uh, because it is Mm. but you get the sense that it's not worth I think my mom was trying to sort of convey that it's not worth it well mums want security don't they for their kids and you know a pension (laughs) (laughs) my mom is we had like so my mom just left she was here for two weeks with my brother and we had the pension discussion again (laughs) yeah do you have the pension discussion every time No, 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 luckily not. No, no, maybe once a year. Okay. Yeah, but it's more like she can be very... um, She worries. Yeah, and and, uh, the thing is that because my brother is also an entrepreneur, right, and sometimes she just admits that that keeps her up at night. Oh, bless her. Yeah, but it's it's, it's like from the goodness of her heart, right, but because of her fears... She does try to kind of manipulate you one way or the other. And I, I think that when I was younger, so like I said, this is all like trying to keep me safe. And I think this goes for a lot of parents, right? I'm sure yeah. the same goes for your parents. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be something or do something that rocks the boat a little bit or just like is a new path or goes entirely against the grain, parents are like, <gasps> like, because they want to protect you. I think what I'm trying to say is that I think these days we as a as as a society are much more focused on being happy instead of being successful. So I think may hopefully, but I see this around me a little with, with my friends who have young children, they're more focused on trying to figure out what their kid wants to do and how can they help instead of how can they curb their kids' enthusiasm for certain things. Like, how can they... Because like, I think, and I, I even saw that in more conservative friends, like my ex's friends, for example, a um, bit more conservative. They they nipped a lot in the bud when their kids started showing certain preferences. Yeah. Just because, like, for example, um, a couple had two boys and the, the elders wanted to have a doll. No. Instead, they gave him cars. Yeah. So I'm like, just because he wants a doll doesn't mean he's gay, right? But that is like, they just like, nope. And my uncle had the same with my uh, with with my cousin. Very much uh, the sense of, you know, 
he, he can do whatever he wants as long as he's not gay. And I just looked at him and I said, I think it was probably 2000, right? Mm. So, my, so my, my cousin was like three, four. And I was like, you know, it's not the 50s, right? If he's, I, I, So I looked at him and I said, I hope he's gay just because you said that. Yeah. And he didn't understand what it got me so upset. And I'm like, how can you say that? Right. Like, so I think these days, at least the parents that I know, uh, so my friends, they are a bit more laid back and trying to see what the kid comes up with. Yeah. Embracing the. Yes. And see, like, how can, how can we support that instead of like, oh, no, they're doing this. We need to, like, we need to you know, box it right away. Um, Get them into being a banker or a solicitor or yeah, a, something, something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure because I'm a woman that for me, people always thought I was going to be a teacher. I actually did teach, of course, for a while, but not. Despite I think, I think, it all. Well, I think a lot of people saw me as like a, a, a secondary school teacher. Yeah. And that is just like the most horrid thing. Like, there's no worse nightmare for me. But yeah. that's how people saw me. That's what they expected. I think if I was a, if I'd been a boy, probably more banker or doctor or whatever. Yes, a decent profession. Decent, yeah. I don't think writing is a With- decent profession. So I think, sort of by default, <laughs> we're weird. Yeah. Although, you see, I do have a day job, so but I am I do manage to be weird because I manage to be the mad dog woman. Yeah, and I'm the crazy cat lady, so I think we are weird yeah. on, on multiple levels, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because I managed to have dogs and I've only got two. I haven't got a billion dogs. Like some of my friends with ten dogs or whatever. I've only got two dogs. But I think it's it's because the dogs come first. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but also you you know a lot about them and you're very passionate about them. Yes. And of course, I mean, the more you know, the worse you are because you, you, you kind of like know that I'd be traumatic for them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's exactly it. And that's how you get the label, like this mad dog woman. <laughs> Just go on holiday and put them in kennels. <laughs> No, they, they that caused way too much trauma. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But so so, but it's but okay. So to get into the topic, in a more practical terms, like so on on your day job, people know you are the mad dog woman, right? Did yes. that ever create connection? Yes. Yes, there are some people that at work who love dogs and I have taken my dogs to work not these two actually but previously I have taken my dogs to work to meet people so yeah so on that level it has created connection at times because that for for and and this I think my I actually think my whole coaching is based on this idea right is that if you're the weirdest version of yourself, you can be, right? So like as close to yourself as you can get around other people. I, I think we fear rejection. Yeah. But I think if you if you really go through with it, 
it will lead to really great connection. Yes, yes, I I think I think you're right because you know when people aren't being their true selves, don't you? Well, yeah, I like, do. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's this for me. There's like because as soon as you're with another person, like the way you are when it's just you. I don't think you you are this person with anyone. And depending who's with you, you'll shift slightly. I don't think that's necessarily bad. Yeah. Right? But it, it's also because we are so, like, I mean, we're complex beings and there's so many sides to us. Yeah. And, it's, and also, I think we have a lot of contradictions in us as well. So, but for me, it's like, like when I'm when I when I when I talk with you, for example, I don't feel that I'm putting on a mask, right? But I'm yeah. I'm sure that I'm sh- that just because of the way you are, a certain part of personality gets like front, like you know. Yeah. Well, part of that is just being considerate, isn't it? Because I wouldn't go to work and just bang on about dogs all the time, because. <laughs> For instance, because people would be like, oh, God, she's here again or whatever, wouldn't they? So it's part of it is just social skills, isn't it? That you have to take account of what someone else needs. And if they've had a bad day, you might ask about it or so part of it's that. You know what that makes me think of? There's this image and I see it all the time. I'm sure that's just because the universe is telling me something. There's like this picture. You have two jars and one is called the the swear jar and it's almost empty, which I mean would not be the case with me. But anyway, that's the joke. The swear jar is almost empty and then there's a jar next to it and it's like full and it says all the times I I told people about my cats without them asking for it or something. It's like that. So you can have the same with your dogs and it's like, so that jar is like overflowing, right? And the other dishware jar is like almost empty. And I'm just like, oh, it was so cold out. Um, but yeah, I still need this t-shirt that says introverted, but willing to talk about cats. Because <laughs> that literally is me. Or like I, I could add, or indie publishing. <laughs> right, introverted, willing to talk about cats or indie publishing. Because that's sort of like... If, that's where it ends. I mean, okay, no. So it will be crystals or like tarot, right? Like I, I'll have a few things, but <laughs> but, but it's very true for me. But if, if you went around just banging on about your issues, that's not a two-way conversation, is it? Or uh... that too, yeah, yeah, that too, yeah. So, so you do you do accommodate other people and yeah. maybe keep it to a min- minimum and only mention dogs for me I only mentioned dogs 10 it, times in a 20 minute conversation uh, so but so for me it's like where is the balance right like where do you where's the balance between being considerate about the context where you're in right um and where are you actually suppressing certain things because you feel like you cannot express them yeah, yeah. In your work, for example, in your writing. Yeah. Because so, it's too weird or it so says with, a lot Yeah, know. with writing, I think it comes down, it's a bit different for me in terms of I don't rely on my writing for my income. But yeah. if I relied on it for my income, then I would be 
a little bit more cautious, maybe. Okay, so that's good. So I, I, now I want to know, okay, so what are some of the things that you write now that uh, you would be cautious about? Like, are there any examples that you're like, I, I've written this, but if, if this was my main income, mm, maybe not. I think I'd be less willing to experiment with it. So, so I'm writing, experimenting, writing with Marcus. I maybe wouldn't do that because of the amount of time it would take and I'm not sure it's going to work mm-hmm. um, plus collaborating with someone that has a different not a different agenda but a di- sees things differently like he does you know, so so like with Marcus, it don't matter if this takes five years because books take five years to write. Yeah. Um, sort of thing. But if you're relying on it for money as an income, that's not necessarily going to work. Because I know, like for you, your fiction writing, you, you take your time with, you yes. embrace what you want. But you also make money with other ventures don't you with the non-fiction yes hmm. yeah. so and with your coaching and editing yeah and, yeah of course yeah 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 so but that's me it's very related <clears throat> so that yeah. allows you to do exactly what you want with your fiction doesn't it yeah but it's funny because i do i i do fear that okay for example so you know i work on these large projects right like trilogies and like fantasy um but the works that i've published under a a pen name and i co-wrote them we broke some rules on purpose because we thought the rule in so this is roman the romance genre yeah we we brought we broke a rule on purpose because we're like that's not very realistic yeah. So the rule yeah. we so that was just us being like I think that was me being like my inner weirdo. It's like because I read things and I'm like, hmm. I I don't think that is that is too easy. Like for example, my initial spark for my fantasy series came from reading Harry Potter and being frustrated that magic is just there. Right, it doesn't need any fuel, or it's just convenient, and you can yeah. use it for everything. So I've created so my fantasy series in that world. There is a limit to magic, and you have to be smart about what you use it for. So a lot of people do their own dishes because, like magic, m- magic use costs energy. Yeah. So you use it for the important stuff. So the world is more than just being able to do magic. It, the whole yeah. world is about is is attuned to that. But being able to actually do magic is a very little part of my fantasy world. So yeah. it's not like the solution to everything. So that was my initial spark. And then for the romance series that we wrote, it's a trilogy. The initial spark was that we were both annoyed, me and my co-writer, we were both annoyed 
that all the novels that we were reading in the specific genre, so we wrote a lesbian romance together, is that like the happy ending is it's either it's the happy end there needs to be a happy ending and it's either uh happy ever after or happy for now right you don't have to have the whole they're going to be forever they're going to be together forever so we said that's not really realistic because people get in their race completely so we created a series in which at the end of the trilogy they get together for real but not yeah. every ending and so that was a bit of a risk. And we, we've had reviews saying, this is not romance because where's my happy ending after the first book? Yeah. Even though we imply, like we didn't imply, but we did, we put the marketing blurb for the second book immediately after. So people knew that was, they were going to meet again. Yeah. Right. So it's not over. But there are like, some people were really upset. But I think yeah. my weirdo thing is that I'm like, I'm always like, ah, that's not realistic. In, I know it's fiction, especially when it's fantasy, right? It's like, how do you mean it's not realistic? It's fantasy. But I'm like, that's too easy. Yeah. I think, so I think that's my weirdo thingy. So so for me, my weirdo thing, it's not a weirdo thing, but if I was just writing to market, if I was just writing a formula, I'd hate mm-hmm. that. I'd absolutely hate that because... I, I've got to, when I'm reading or reading or listening to an audio book, I like some twists and turns and some surprises in there. Yeah. That's why I love The Witcher. Do you watch The Witcher? Yeah, I can't wait for the, the next season. Yeah. Well, I read the books ages ago. Very um, good. Yes. Well, the, the series pretty much, from what I remember, it sticks to the books. Yeah, I think I've, I think I've read people being upset because it doesn't necessarily stick to the uh, the game. <laughs> yeah. There's always the diehard yeah. ones. <laughs> no, but because but the, the game was like not. I, I think it's it's I, 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 I like you know I might be incorrect, but I think I read some people know it from the game more than from okay. the book. Okay, I so don't they know were the upset game. with the yeah. series, right? Okay. Um, but of course, the people who adapted it for the game, they've changed made their own it. choices. Yeah, right? yeah, changed course, it from the book. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also, doesn't. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know if I want to start it if it's not good. Well, it doesn't always do the happy endings, does it? And sometimes the people that you you that you you don't expect to die die well it's not a romance so that's fine yes it's like you're not ex- you're not reading like uh games of throne game of thrones game of thrones yeah. you're not reading that thinking oh they're gonna be happy like but you yeah. but you set off thinking that it's going down a certain path and then the path alters yeah. and that's what i like i don't there's no, I can't see any point in reading stuff that you know the outcome at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, if you write, so that, that this is why you know we, we were writing in romance. So I, we did know they had to end up together, right? Eventually, we're just like it's not that easy for people, right? People are really stubborn. 
And we wanted mm. to convey that in a novel. Like it takes a couple of tries before people are like, you know what, let's actually do this for real. Yeah. That's how we want. Because that's closer to our own, to my experiences and my co-writers' experiences, right? Um, but yeah, but I, 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 I completely get that. Is that so? How does that translate to your writing then? So, like that- so there's got to be a few twists and turns. It can't be that obvious. <laughs> no, I mean, and 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 I know writers who do that really well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not saying whether or not I do it well, but there would be no point. I, I could not set off writing a bog standard. This happens, that happens. You have a fight scene, it ends. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I yeah. couldn't do that. No, no, I get that, and I do, and it's funny because I think all stories follow a certain formula, right? Like a plot is a plot. Yes, yes. In fact, it's very basic science of plot. But there's there's some people, when you read them, the plot is so obvious. And then for other for, uh, for other writers, I mean, sorry, for other writers, it's like the plot is so very obvious, right? Oh, now this is going to happen. Yeah. And then for some reason, even when like, the, 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 it's the same base, there's the same basic thing. Other writers have this incredible way of, of, like throwing you off yeah but i do i do but i wonder is that where their weirdo comes in or their trust maybe i think well when you say weird i think the weirdness is maybe writing what you want to write as opposed to what would make (laughs) money I do think because I've been called weird for being very stubbornly not writing to market. Or writing easy, taking right. the easy route. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like I, I've been called weird for being this slow with my fiction because they're like, you're such a great storyteller. You could be rich by now. And I'm like, yeah, but my stories need. I, I do think my stories also need time because I, because I do it my way, I second guess myself a lot. I think. They evolve. Well, for me, stories evolve. You, you know what I'm like. It's my <laughs> plotting. Uh, so, so they do have to evolve. Even if I've plotted, they still have to evolve. I can't force it. I can't. So the twists and turns or, or whatever, just they evolve. I, I can't yeah. sit down and think about it and plan it out. Yeah, no, but but I have that because for me it's more. It for me it's more my plots look like they just need to go there, right? Mm. And how they get there, that's often open. Yes. So yeah. that's why I'm surprised. I'm like, oh, is this happening? Like it's happening. I'm writing it. I'm like, oh, is this happening right now? Okay, this is really nice. So I, especially, I'm now working on. Or actually, this morning, I didn't write for two weeks because my family was here, and I'm I'm done fighting that. Uh, I'm not in the, the right headspace for writing yeah. in there around. But actually this morning, I had this weekend, I had this new idea for a series. And what I instead of pushing that away, what I said, the easiest way for me to go about that is just take the time to write down all my ideas and then see if it sticks. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know if it's going to stick. So that was my morning. But over the past couple of m- weeks, two months, 
I've been writing on the the second novel in my fantasy series because my first novel is is in its eighth draft or something. It's somewhere in a proverbial drawer. I'm not looking at it right now, so it can simmer. And I'm constantly surprised by what, especially one character, which I hadn't really thought this character through at all. But this character completely, like, I'm like, what? Like, just the things they're saying and the connections they make. I'm just so impressed by this. And the the thing is that I feel like I didn't create this character. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. I like that. Yeah. I'm like, like, it's, it's at one point I knew one thing about this character. And once I started knowing that thing, their whole role in the story changed. But also they became more critical in terms of how they're dealing with my main character and i'm just blown away but i'm keeping it right i'm just i'm just gonna go with it and see what happens um but it's really interesting that characters can be like that yeah and it's it's some part of your subconscious isn't it but it's fascinating yeah yes absolutely yeah i think so yeah but it's also i think because sometimes you just discover something about a character that you hadn't really thought about until sort of like the penny drops and then everything starts to click yeah that's how, I mean, even for me like talking to you about this this is not a conversation i have a lot so even for like i'm just like we're just being a writer is not the most <laughs> normal uh profession yeah. no and people often do keep it quiet don't they yeah, and I think, and I even, I, I don't actually, uh, not anymore, but I do what I have is that I'm sometimes feeling, because I have like lots, I have like thousands and like, I have a lot of work written, right? It's just most of it's not published yet because I'm still working on it. And that kind of makes me feel that I'm not as legit a writer as some of my other, like, People like the other indie writers that I know and I'm friends with because they have many more titles out. Yeah. And I'm still sort of like, you know, going at it. Um, so that that makes me feel that's actually one of the things that makes me feel weird within the community is first that I'm like, I'm not writing to market. And like I said, that does make me second guess myself. So I am being weird. I am trusting that there's an audience for it, but I'm also second guessing myself constantly. And I think that does slow me down a little bit. Yeah. But also I'm a bit weird because I'm this slow. um, Yeah, I'm not sure that's true, but I think it depends who you're talking to as to how weird you are. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. But that, that's the thing. I think it's it's interesting how I'm really glad that I have this community because I felt much less weird since I started saying that I'm a writer and yeah. I've met other writers. So that is really good. But it's really interesting to see that within the community, there's still people who are like, but you're doing it this way. That makes you weird. And it can be really hard to say, well, that's great that you think that. Yeah. But this is my system. This is how I'm doing it. This is the best way for me. And I think that's also being weird, being very outspoken about, no, I, I'm just, I'm not going to do it the way other people, because I'm here, like I said, like I'm in the indie community, so I can do it the way I want to do it. 
Nobody else is telling me how to do it. So how come when I'm I'm interacting with certain people, they're like, oh, but you're doing it wrong. Like there is no wrong. We're in the indie community. We're here because there's no wrong way to do this. You've got to you've got to live your life the same way if you're going to be happy as well, haven't you? Exactly. And and you, you don't want to know how many authors I speak to who are not happy because they are doing things the way they think they should be doing it and I'm and or writing about the topics they think they should be writing about. Yeah. And I'm like if that's not how you want to do it. If I mean it there's a reason that yeah. yeah, go ahead. If it doesn't make you happy. Like why would you pursue it? Like if you quit your one job to pursue writing and writing doesn't make you happy, then you didn't win. There are easier ways to make money. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. If it's uh, just about money, there are easier ways to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like, why not bring your whole self? And this is, I'm saying this like it's easy, but this is actually something that I'm working on right now, right? Like to be more, to bring my whole self to the table, which is a real struggle for me. Um, I think the Kickstarter really helped because I had to be much more open and visible because of that. So I think a lot of people saw aspects of me that I usually don't show to some Uh, people. Yes, yeah. And I think the reactions were good. Yeah, because of course you know when you when like if you don't speak up, how are the other weirdos going to find you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. you're giving other people permission to be weird in whatever way. That too, like that, because that and, and but that, that I mean, and let me that doesn't make it easier, right? Um, but uh, yeah, that too. Like, you know they're out there, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that I'm still my, I mean, people call me stubborn, but uh, that's a family trait. But I'm like, I still do my thing. And my advice will always be, no matter where I say it, like, but what do you want to write? What do you want to do? It doesn't matter what they write or how fast they write or what genre they write in. Like, what, what does your own weird little soul want to work on? <laughs> what calls to you? Yes, and a- yes, I, I'm not guaranteeing that that is going to make you a bucket load of money. But I'm always trying to tell people that there's more to that than it is much better to have a day job and write what you want to write than not have a day job and write what you come to loathe. Let's be honest, nothing's a, whatever you write isn't a guarantee of a bucket load of money. There isn't True. a formula that you can follow and go, well, if I do this, this and this and put this many books out, I'll be a millionaire. It it doesn't work like that. No, and what I also think people forget is that a lot of people who make a lot of money also spend a lot of time and a whole team on advertising. So the money they make is not the money they have. Yeah. Because for some people, half of it goes to advertising. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, if you have a huge advertising bit, uh, budget, it is much easier to become a famous author. And you can make money out of writing. Of course, yes. But it's it's about it's the same as everything. It's about well, commitment and studying advertising, studying the 
skills of writing. It 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 just isn't. It doesn't come easy. That's what I'm trying to say. It isn't a case of A, B, and C, and you are guaranteed. No, it's not. So I think that makes it even. Because what if you? what if you go on this really long, hard journey, which it is, I mean, it's fun, but it's also long and hard. Yeah. And you don't take your full self with you. Yeah. That makes it that much harder, I think. And there's a little bit of weirdness in everyone. <laughs> oh, yes. And I do. I wish people, I wish people were more weird. Like the, the, the more normal people are, the less I trust that it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, and you know what? I just think, and I know we're running out of time. When we are creating characters, you know, the advice is always they need to have like a quirk. They need to have something funny or weird about them, right? Like they Otherwise can Otherwise, they're boring, aren't they? The boring. Yeah. So bring your quirks. Because when we write a character, we know that's what we want. We want somebody who has weird little tics and weird little obsessions and weird little food preferences and stuff like that. So bring your own things with you. Yeah. Because that is what we look for in characters. So why would that not be what we look for in our writers? Yep. That's it. Okay. So let's try to embrace it more. Okay. I'll try to do that. I'll, I'll try to actively embrace my own weirdness more and, and see, and I'll report back oh. whether, whether that's doing me any good. Okay. I'll um, try to monitor my weirdness. <laughs> no, channel it, not monitor it. You have to channel it. Okay. I'll channel it. Very good. <laughs> okay. Well, see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or visit our website at divingintowriting.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like to leave us a review, we'd be ever so grateful. Bye for now.